Father, speak through your servant and bless your people. These noble men and women have come to have an encounter with you. Lord, bless them. Bless them. Let their lives never remain the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll be concluding on the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare. Last week, we spoke on the helmet of salvation. I wanted today to conclude on how to put on the helmet of salvation. Unfortunately, there's no time for that. Because if I do that, I'll have to continue the series into December. But from next Sunday, the 3rd of December, I'll be beginning my Christmas series. A Christmas series and I believe that is going to help you a lot in my Christmas series. So let me today conclude by sharing with you on the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Now, this, 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 this series, no please let me do the introduction before I come here. Thank you. So this series is based on Ephesians 6, the verses 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. The Bible talks about the fact that our battles and warfares are spiritual, are very spiritual. And our focus has been on the weapons that we use for this. So we have been looking at the various aspects of the armor of God. The various aspects of the armor of God. We have looked at one, the belt of truth. We've also looked at two, the breastplate of righteousness. Number three, we've looked at the gospel of peace. Number four, the shield of faith. Number five, the helmet of salvation. Today, we are looking at the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So how does God's word become the sword of the spirit? And what do we mean by the sword of the spirit? So like we already established, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are spiritual. So the sword we use to fight... It's a spiritual sword. And this sword, the Bible says that is the word of God. So how does the word of God become a sword? And how are you able to use that sword against your enemies? That, that, that would be, these are the questions I'm going to try to answer this morning. And I'm going to do it very fast so that we can leave you on time and prepare for outpouring. I can't wait. There's already fire burning in my bones and I can't wait for outpouring. Okay, so, so let, let's look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 4, the verse 15 to 18, reading from the NIV. When our enemies heard that we were, we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, may God frustrate the plans of your enemies. I just prophesied on someone here. As the year is ending, may God frustrate the plans of your enemies. We all returned to the wall, each to the, our own work. From that day on, half of my men 
did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shield, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah. Because they had enemies, whilst they were working, they had weapons. Now look at 17 and 18. Who were building the wall. Those who carried materials, now hear this. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. So whilst they were working, they did not forget that they had enemies. So whilst they worked with one hand, with the other hand, they had weapons. Sometimes when the marriage is working, we forget we have enemies. Sometimes when that business is working, we forget we have enemies. Sometimes when that professional life is working, we forget that we have enemies. What I love about the Jews is that throughout their history, even up to now, now Israel is surrounded by enemies, by the Arab states. They hate Israel to the core. And yet Israel has survived. Because they are always aware that no matter how successful you are, it does not mean that you don't have enemies. What I love about the Jews is the consciousness of the fact that you could be attacked anytime. The most powerful nations on earth are nations that are armed. Because they are aware of their enemies. They were working with one hand and in the other hand they had weapons. I have seen very fine Christians. God started blessing them. Then they let their weapons away. They stopped praying. They stopped reading the Bible. They stopped serving the Lord. And then the enemy came at them. And they had no weapons. To fight. What I even love about verse 18. Say, and each of the builders wore his sword on his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Each of them had their weapons on their side as they worked. Had their swords on their side as they worked. But I just want to ask you right now, are you ready for battle? If your marriage is attacked now, can you fight back? If your business is attacked now, can you fight back? If your health is attacked now, can you fight back? Do you have your sword on your side? Do you have a scripture ready in your heart? That if your health is attacked, you can call that scripture back. That if your job is attacked, do you have a scripture in your spirit that you can quote back? If your family is attacked, do you have a scripture that you can quote back? If your professional life is attacked, do you have a scripture to fight back? Do you have your sword on your side? 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 
for the little success you have has gotten into your head. You say you find security in that bank account. Do you find security in that marriage? Has your husband become your God? Has that wife become a security? It's your security in your father. My father died when I was 18 years old. My mother woke me up at midnight and said, Kofi, your father is not home. I was shocked. My father came home mostly around 10 p.m. Told me that my father was not home. You know what my mom said? My mom just told me, your father is dead. I said, Ma, how can you say that? He said, I've been married to your father for over 30 years. Your father had never slept outside home. My mom, out of frustration, that 12 midnight, we combed the whole of at least communities that we, we knew. My father could not be found. The next day, I was sent to Achimota School where my senior brother used to teach. And my big sister, whom the Lord has called home, went to various hospitals, returned from Kolebu, that my father was in the mortuary. I was 18 years old. My world started crumbling down. But I was born again. I knew the law. I was armed for battle. I knew that this was going to be difficult, but God was going to see me through. The next day at dawn, I went to my prayer closet on the Nebraska Methodist Park. I lifted up my voice to him and said, you are the father of the fatherless. I know I will survive. I know I will complete school. I know my siblings will survive. I know we will go through. I know we will go through. We are here today. And we are still counting the blessings of the Lord. Can I get the next slide? Now go to the soul. I want to show you them something on the picture. The soul of the spirit title. I want to show you something on the scripture. On the picture. You see these two pictures. This is the modern police officer. Every modern police officer. Except the African ones. Who have AK-47 on their chest. And it, it, they don't work too. Most of them are 40. Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was an incident in um, La Paz where a police officer, where somebody was robbing, armed robbers were robbing, and the police officer sitting from the bank started running away, even though he had a gun. It was discovered later on that the gun was not working. That's why he ran away. But the modern top level police officers in advanced countries always have a shotgun. On their where they are on their pairs somewhere on their this how do you got that thing they put inside in the past somewhere there once they see danger their hand is on already ready ready in the bible days it was like that with the roman soldier he had his sword in his shield on his waist on the belt of truth ready to bring it out for battle ready to confront the enemy, ready to slaughter the enemy, ready to kill the enemy. Is that how we are carrying the sword of the spirit? I want to show you something. Can we go on? There are different ways people keep God's word. 
And I'm going to show you how, how the word of God becomes the sword of the spirit. Okay? I'm going to show you. But before then, look at this. Different ways people give God's word. Or people keep the Bible. Let me call it the Bible. Number one, some people keep the Bible on their bookshelves. That is not the sword of the spirit. And they have it in different uh, sizes, different versions with concordances and commentaries. And they can go and show you. But if you ask them to quote one scripture, they might not be able to quote it. That is not the sword of the spirit. The Bible on your shelf is not the sword of the spirit. Some people keep the Bible. The next slide, please. Some people keep the Bible on the pillow. Olive and I, at one point, my, 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 my parents were in Accra, and Olive and I and my big brother here were in Kumasi. But my big brother, his nickname is Godfather. He's, he's, a, he's a globetrotter. So even when we were young, he would leave me and Olive alone in the room and he would go globetrotting. Powerful guys at the time. And one time, Olive said there was a figure in our room. And I was truly scared. Then you know what? As young as I was, I asked Olive, where is the Bible? But we had no Bible. I said, Olive, Olive lied and said, the Bible is under the pillow. Thinking that whatever figure was there, if we said the Bible under the pillow, the figure will go. But you know how some of you, when you are scared, when you are going to sleep, you put the Bible under your pillow. That is not the sword of the spirit. That is you being religious. That is you being religious. You can, you can have the Bible. Some of you have the Bible in your car. You have the Bible everywhere. You have the Bible. If I come to your home right now, the Bible will be there. But you haven't read it for a long time. Okay. No, some people also keep the Bible on their phones. Now when you are preaching, you are not even sure whether people are WhatsApping, they are on Facebook, or they are, they are actually referring to their Bibles. They have their Bibles on their phones right now. But they don't read it. That is you being religious. You, you are downloading some apps and now you are feeling guilty that you have not downloaded the Bible. So you have to download it to appease your guilt. But you are not reading it. How we are working with both hands. Instead of working with one hand and having a weapon on the other hand. Now, some people have the Bible in their hands. Those of us who got born again very early, we used to carry Bibles. There were no phones. And if we saw my Bible at that time, big Bible, you could have dislocated my shoulders. Oh yeah, very, very big Bible. But to God be the glory, I was not just carrying the Bible in my hands, but I also had it in my heart. Okay. Now, people also keep the Bible in their minds. It is all right. But you can be very religious thinking that because you know the Bible, you are a Christian. My Bible knowledge teacher, now it's called religious and moral education. We were taught Bible knowledge. My Bible knowledge teacher knew the Bible, but he was a drunkard. Oh, the guy knew the Bible, but he was a drunkard. He taught us how to pass our O-levels. The Bible had no impact on him. 
He would just come to our class and begin to teach us on the board. And he would teach you from Genesis to Revelation without referring once to um, asking you to read anywhere. He would quote it himself and teach you. And we all passed our BK very, very well. Had the Bible in his head. Why he was only religious. It was for a job. Are, are you here with me? Now I want to show you how you can move the Bible away from all these places into the most important place of your life. Let's go. True Christians keep God's word in their hearts. The word of God only becomes a sword if it is kept in the heart. You see, the Ephesian scripture, some scripture we just read, that the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, now, the, there are two words in Greek that explains God's word. One is logos. That is the word written. The letter. Who has the Bible here? So, so this is called the logos. The logos. Okay? The logos. So when you read the, 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 the Bible and say the word of God, sometimes it's referring to this, the Bible. It's referring to this, the Bible. But this has no power. Satan can take this and read. When we were growing up, there was a testimony of someone who saw fire burning and the person had the Bible and threw the Bible against the fire. And the next day, police officers went to their house to arrest the person because the person had his name and telephone number and things written in the Bible. So the person was chased and arrested because they said that when he threw the Bible to the fire, it was a witch who was burning. So the Bible became a sword and cut the witch into pieces. Go and throw this Bible to the fetish priest in your village. The fetish priest will laugh. Because this is the letter. It was meant for something other than throwing it away. Throwing to hit people. Now, the word used in Ephesians 6 is a reference to another word in Greek called Rhema. Now, Rhema means the revelation, the spoken word. The revelation you get from God's word. So you are reading the Bible and the Bible becomes, the Bible reveals God to you. Whenever you are reading it genuinely, you are prayed and you are reading it genuinely, it reveals God to you. It tells you something about God. Now that thing it tells you about God, when it hits your life, it changes your life and you begin to walk in it and apply it. My life, my whole life, the way I raise my children, the way I marry mommy, the way I pastor you, the way I do my work, is based on revelation from God's word. I study God's word and the word is lifted from this book into my heart. It becomes a revelation and it begins to have effect on me. As I'm preaching it now, I am picking from the locals and I'm preaching the rhema to you. This word must be able to change your life. 
it only changes your life when it is lifted from here into your heart. Are you here? This is how the word of God becomes a sword. Woman of God, you have a Bible on your phone. Powerful one, but that is not a sword. The sword of the spirit is how much of his word you have in your heart. For the word of God to be lifted from the ink on paper into your heart, it must be by revelation. It might be by someone who has prayed enough to sit by God's word and allowing the Holy Spirit to interpret the Bible to you and you having a personal understanding of who God is. Most of us read the Bible as if we are reading our notes. We take the Bible to read it as if we are reading our notes. But that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to read the Bible spiritually. Pray and God lists that Bible, some revelation from there into your heart. And it begins to transform your life. So let me move on to show you something else. But let me go back. Let me tell you a story. When we were young, my big sister Olive was always fighting my battles. I was a very weak, frail boy. Everybody beat me. Even girls beat me. So I wasn't fighting. What do you remember? I, I wasn't fighting. That's why I got born again. I took my battles to the spirit. Because physically, if I fight, you will beat me. Okay. So we lived in a house. There was a, there was a ground floor where we lived with a family. A family has given us a place to stay there. And then there was the first floor and the second floor um, in Rome. Yeah, first floor and the second floor. So we all used to watch TV in the second floor. But there was a guy in the first floor who was always terrorizing me. He was a bully. So every time I was going to the, the second floor to watch TV, I had to have a food, food in my hands. So if they gave me bread for breakfast, I had to break some of the bread and hide it. So that when I was going up, I would give it to him and then he would give me passage. It was like I had to pay for visa. And I loved watching TV, so I had to pay this. Then one day, he blocked me from going because I had nothing. So I cried and came down and only saw me and said, who beat you? I said, this guy. Oliver has always been tough, big, strong. She, our family, she's the conqueror. Even my big brother never tried fighting her. Oh, nobody should try Auntie Olive. Powerful woman. Hey. So Auntie Olive now goes there and beats the boy and opens the door visa free. Mm. The boy's mother comes from town and hears Olive has beaten his ch her child. She comes directly to try to fight Olive. My mom has always been the quiet woman. No battle. It's okay. Let it go. So my mom was going to apologize. But this woman who was hosting us said, no. When children fight, parents don't get involved. So she engages the woman in the battle. They really fought. 
and she won. I was happy that all those fighting for me were winning. So happy. But guess what happened? The battle continued. Now these two women fought any time they saw each other. Yeah, it was so serious. One day the other woman was coming from town and saw this woman who was hosting us washing. Then she took stone and rushed on this woman. Guess what? This woman had a knife in her cloth. She pulled the knife out. And this woman with the stone stopped, started going back. Papa, you are, you are saying, ah, now, but I was enjoying it then. And even now that I'm teaching you, I feel that that woman was, was super. Because she knew she had an enemy who could come and attack her anytime, she had always had a knife hidden somewhere. Are you here? You are sitting here. Enemies are trying to destroy your marriage. You've seen your marriage dying. And yet you not even go for the sword that you have. Your life is a mess. And yet you don't even care. You are looking to blame your pastor or blame your mother or blame someone. Please. This is a warfare. Life is warfare. And you have to always get ready for battle. But thank for God for Jesus. We have been given a weapon. We have the Bible. We have the word of God as sword. We have it. We have the word of God as sword. The reason why anytime you are going to study the Bible you feel sleepy. Is because your enemy feels that if you get this weapon you will be defeated. So he will fight you. Are you here? He will fight you. Now, listen. You see, the churches that preach God's word are not always the fast growing churches. Because the devil has succeeded in taking your weapons from you. People that depend on God's word are always successful. I have never bullied anybody. I have never cheated anybody. But please, I am blessed. You know why? I depend on God's word. God's word. God's word is finality for me. It's a weapon I have used and it has worked for me. God's word. God's word. I have been born again for 40 years. There has never been a single day I have not read God's word. It's a weapon. And it works. It works. It works. It works. It's alive. It is strong. It is flawless. It is dependable. Everything will pass away. The heavens and the earth will pass away. But the word of the Lord will remain forever. It is the most reliable weapon. It is the most efficient weapon. It is the most, the strongest weapon you can find anywhere. There is no problem you are going through today that the word of God cannot solve. There is no problem. There is no situation you find yourself in right now that God's word does not have the solution to. But the devil is fighting your Bible studies. 
The devil is fighting your application of the word. The devil is fighting it. The devil is battling it. But the devil knows that if God's word is steady and it's in your heart, you will win every battle. I pray that you will hunger and thirst for his word today. I pray that right now, as I speak God's word, there will be a desire in your heart for God's word. Now let me show you how you use it as a weapon. How to make God's word a sword. How to make God's word a sword. Number one, preach the word. One of the myths about, about Christianity is that it's only pastors who preach. No. You are supposed to preach the word. See how I applied God's word as a young Christian. I preached everything my pastor preached. That's how I learned how to preach. So like this sermon, if I were sitting down, I were in your position now, I would preach this after this sermon. You know what I used to do? I would go to my friends. I would preach it. On the way, we used to have church in Caprice, a place called Caprice. And I was living in Dabraka, so it was a long distance walk. After church, on my way coming, I meet unbelievers. I preach to them. I didn't, even, I didn't even care whether the word of God was, was for, for new converts or not. I just wanted to practice it. I just wanted to practice it. So I will preach it. I will preach it to people. I will preach it. I will go and catch um, my guys in, 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 the, in our community. I will preach. I said, my pastor preached something. I was always making notes. I was always making notes and preaching God's word. And I realized that some of the victories I had in life, how God lifted me from abject poverty was because any time I preached God's word, it was like I'm throwing swords from my mouth. Like a sword is coming out of my mouth. Preach the word. Mark 16 verse 5. He said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The more you go out and you preach to unbelievers, you are winning battles. Because you see, when you are preaching to unbelievers, eh, you have entered into the kingdom of Satan. And you are using God's word as a sword. And you are ministering to sinners. And you are depopulating hell and populating the kingdom of God. And when God sees that, the word from your mouth, it becomes a weapon. It becomes a sword. It becomes a sword. It becomes a sword. Listen, the, Christ, the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness. The Christian life is not a physical life. It's a spiritual life. You have to be able to use these spiritual principles we preach to become successful. And I see people here who are ready to take the word of God and preach it. How many preachers are here today? How many preachers? How many people are leaving this place and say, I'm going to preach this word. Now, number two. Number two. Practice the word. Don't just preach it. Practice it. Practice God's word. Practice it. Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Therefore, anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The wings blew 
and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock. Oh, oh. Anyone who hears this word and puts it into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. You know what wisdom means? Wisdom is practicing God's word. Today, I am on my siblings. So my big brother here knew when I was growing up. He knew I was a fool. My big sister here knew I was a fool. They used to tell me. My, I remember my big brother wanted me to feel good about myself because I couldn't read nor write. So one day, I was eating. Then he came and took the food and said, Kofi, Kofi, spell food. You like, you like food, so spell food. And then he said, food, 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 food. At least he wanted me to get the F. You remember, eh? He wanted me to get the F. Guess what? I said, K. <laughs> then, do you know what he did? He just took the food, gave it to me. I said, Kofi. He realized that this is a basket case. <laughs> this case will not be resolved. It's a basket case. But look at me now. I just got born again at 14. Started practicing God's word. 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 Look at me today. Oh, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. It's like a wise man. It's like a wise man. Last Saturday, I was sitting down looking at Edith and Kevin's wedding and all the people there, the men of God, the men of God sitting down there. I said, Lord, you have honored me so much. Where, where did I come from? Who am I? Where did I? You have honored me so much. I am a practitioner of God's word. I am a practitioner of God's word. From the age of 14, I got born again. I have read his word every day. I have practiced his word every day. I understand. It's difficult. Somebody, daddy, it's a difficult thing, you know, daddy. It's difficult. I understand it is difficult. But guess what? Successful people do the difficult things nobody wants to do. You know, when I see your faces in church, I come to one conclusion. I conclude that you love him. You love God. That's why you are in church. Why will you be in church if you did not love him? You love him? Now, just take that love to the next level. Just lift it to the next level. Be a student of God's word. Listen. He said, man of God, it's difficult for me to read. Go to Facebook. Go to 20, 2015. 20, look for all my sermons. Start playing them. Because my sermon is God's word. Start playing them and start making notes and all the scriptures I'm quoting. Start going down there and looking for them and read them to yourself and ask God, Father, give me understanding. He that hears these words of mine and puts them. Now look, I love the scripture because therefore everyone, everyone, the poor and the rich 
everyone, the young and the old, everyone, the educated and uneducated, who hears these words of mine, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man. Now, let me tell you something. Do you know why most men of God build a lot? You know why we are building cities and we are building and building and building? Look at the scripture. Who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice? It's like a man who builds. You see, building is based on, on, on wisdom. First, it shows you how to build your life, how to build your family, how to build a career. And then now it brings you the physical, how to even build a house to live in. The word of God shows us everything. It will show you how to build a family, how to build a life, how to build everybody. Do you know, I never despise any man or woman who loves the Lord. I never, especially those who love studying God's word. When you come and you see the way I relate with my pastoral associate, I said, they are my, because I know that these guys, one day, they'll be pastors of mega churches and I will want their puppet. Don't not despise a man who believes in God's word and practices God's word. You are next in line for a great miracle. That's why God sent me to preach this message to you. Now, now look, look, number three, number three, promote the word of God. Promote it. Promote the word of God. Promote it. Let me, Psalm 138 verse 2. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. Exalt God's word above everything in your life. If it's not in the word, it must not be in your world. Are you here with me? If this thing I'm doing, I cannot get two scriptures to support it, I will not do it. Exalt the word of God above everything in your life. I know you love, you love that boy. But don't fornicate with that boy because the word of God is against that. Exalt the word of God above that relationship. And it will work. Nowadays, the boys, if you don't sleep with them, they will leave you. Is that what keeps a man around you? What keeps a man around you is godliness. Exalt God's word above everything in your life. If it is not in the word, it must not be in your world. Never say anywhere that, let's put the word of God aside and let's talk face to face. How, how are you going to put the word of God aside as a Christian and talk face to face? And you know, when you study God's word, it's in your heart. Anytime you are doing something wrong, there's a scripture that naturally comes to you and tells you this is wrong. It comes. A scripture comes. A scripture comes. Number four. Pray with the word. Pray with the word. John 15 verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When the word of God remains in you, when you are praying, you are quoting. You see, when you see people praying and they are speaking in tongues, they have nothing to say. They have no scripture to quote. They have nothing. Ah. You can pray for one hour only quoting scriptures. 
if the word of God abides in you and it works better. How many Bible students are here? I want you to become a Bible student. From today, say, I am a Bible student. Say, from today, I enroll in the Bible school of the Holy Spirit. Say, from today, after this service, I am going home to read the Bible. <laughs> now, number five. Number five. No, okay, so it's four. Now, I want to conclude by telling you that how you can fall on your own sword. The word of God is sword. Whilst it will work for you against your enemies, be careful that the word of God does not work against you. It can work against you. The word of God can work against you. Number one, if you disobey his word, it works against you. You are falling on your own sword. Number two, if you twist God's word, you try to give yourself your own interpretation of the Bible to suit you. A friend of mine who went mad, went mad because he had a problem with his pastor. And he came to me and said, brother, he said, man of God, be very careful. So we are all men of God. But the Bible says that we are a kingdom of priests and kings. I said, then go to Asantene. He tell Asantene, you are also a king. I said, we are, you are not a priest. In the manner in which he is a priest. It's all. They went, spoke anyhow to his pastor. Not long after that, I was in the house. The wife called me. My husband is going crazy. I went there and said, Charlie, your husband, we are going to pray for him, but after that, let him go and talk to this man and apologize. You can fall on your own sword. Be careful how you treat God's word. Do not add to it. Do not subtract from it. Respect it. Value it. He has, the word of God is God himself. When you go back home, okay, make sure that Bible on your desk you have not read for a long time. Take it and start reading. I want to admonish all of you. I know we live in a digital world, but please, I'm begging you. Apart from the Bible on your phone, buy a hard copy Bible. Because I'm an educator. I'm an educator. We buy books, electronic books for our students. And they still say no. I learn better when I have hard copy. So after giving them the soft copy, they go and buy hard copy. Brother, did you study for all your examination with digital books? You printed some hard copies, isn't it? Didn't you? So you know, we all know that it's only Bible we want to read digitally. It's only Bible. Now you want to say, oh, it's on my phone. I will read it. It's on my phone. I will read it. How many of you go to lecture halls with the, the notes on your phone? Even though even the note is even sent to you digitally, you print it. You have hard copy. So that whilst you are listening, you can make notes around it. Isn't it? 
Even the books that you are reading hard copy, don't you have an, that you are reading um, soft copy, don't you have a book and a pen that you write, even the soft copy, you make notes. One time, my Miss Awa was at home studying. The way she has colored my daughter, colored her, some portion of the notes, green, some red, some another color. The way, so when they say, I mean, so all these colors, okay, this one is for this, this one is for this, this one is for this. Say, hey, if you color your Bible like this, eh, like you go to heaven. I want to thank you for coming to church. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make sure you color your nose and you color your Bibles. Lift up your two hands, begin to pray that you want to desire God. Lord, let me be hunger. Let me, let me, let me hunger and thirst for your word. Lift up your voice in prayer.